Happy Passover and happy spring. Last Sunday, we talked about the Passover. I did a metaphysical interpretation of that story. If you weren't able to be here, I invite you to go to um, Bo- uh, Bodhi, go to iTunes podcast, Bodhi Spiritual Center, and give that a listen. Because what we love to do here is take Bible stories, not literally, but metaphysically, meaning we um, get the spiritual message inside of it, pull that out, and make it relevant to who we are in our lives today. What I know and what I've discovered for myself is that Bible stories really are mystical stories. They hold within them um, something that is eternal. And whatever the consciousness is that's reading it, that is the consciousness that can be expanded by it. So two, three hundred years from now, people will read the same stories and receive a completely different idea from it. That's what makes it living. And so today, we're going to look at the story of the uh, crucifixion and the resurrection, which obviously is what Easter is, is about or around. And I'm going to start the story at where Jesus is uh, in the garden, in, in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he brings three of his apostles with him to pray. It's late at night, and he knows what's going to happen. And in the story, um, the, the three apostles that he brought with them all drank too much wine. They, fell, they passed out. You know what that's like, right? When you want just a little help from your friends, they drank too much. That's what happened to Jesus. And so he's, in the, and he's praying, and he says something. He says, please take this cup away from me if it be thy will. If it be thy will, then I'll do it. But please take this away from me. And so the story kind of begins here for me with recognizing our humanness. The part in us that's like, oh, God, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do what is stirring inside of me. Time to grow. Time to let go. Time to expand. Time to forgive. Time to let the past go. Release and be born again. But, oh, the human part doesn't want to. We want to be right. We want to remain in that box. But the Spirit pulls us onward and outward and and calls us to become free. So here, he knows what's going to happen, and you know what's going to happen. It's not the good ending of the story, at least in the beginning. So he's trying to renegotiate this. He's pointing to the part of us that says, is there any other way? And what we know here is that there is no other way except for expansion and freedom. You can stall it for a while. You can impede it. You can get a lot of friends and people to agree with you how you should impede your growth. But the truth of the matter is every one of us is called to let go and to expand and to step into greater courage. So he says, if it be thy will. If it be thy will, if it be the will of God, meaning if this is for good, if this is for a greater expansion, love will be known more fully here. If that is the reason, then let it be done. Where in your life are you being called to take this cup and to drink of it and to expand into a greater expression of love, of freedom, of creativity, of joy? What must you give up so that you can become that for yourself first before the world? This is what the story's about. So fast forward, he's been captured, and he's now with Pontius Pilate and and the governing body that's around him. 
And the people in the streets are just yelling, crucify him, get rid of him. And Pontius Pilate says to him, are you the king of the Jews? And he says some comment, something like, well, is it that you that say I am or something? I'm like, really? That's not the time to do a mind game on them. This isn't the time to make it confusing. Yes or no? Help them out. Do something. Do something. But there's so much brilliance inside of that because Pilate and, and the, the, governor, the, the, the governors and these people, they represent fear. They represent the humanness that says, prove to me that you're holy and then I'll let you go. But love, which is what this presence of Jesus represents in this story, has nothing to defend. There's nothing to prove. Love doesn't fight. Love doesn't have to prove that it is. Love only knows love. Love doesn't know another. This is such an important point. If you can grasp that idea, love only knows love. You can't say to light, show me your darkness. It doesn't know darkness. So although this point in the story is a little confusing, you think this dude could totally get off free. Look, walk on water, do some wine thing, do something. (laughs) Right? But in the moment, in this moment where it's like defend, the demonstration is love is defenseless because there's nothing to defend. Because in love, there's nothing to lose. In love, there's nothing to lose. And so Pontius Pilate is trying to help him out. He washes his hands of him, and he says, y'all do with him what you will, because what he knows is that the people are screaming, the people in the street, and he doesn't want to go against them because that's going to be a bigger problem on his hands. So he lets him go to the people, and the people screaming represent the human world that says, do not change, do not be different. Don't break this agreement that we're in that says there's good, there's bad, there's right, there's wrong, there's sin, there's guilt, there's fear. Don't break this agreement because if you break this agreement, then I'm trapped and I've got to look at myself. That's what the world is saying over and over. The world of fear and illusion is recycling itself. And if you get off of that, then you become attacked. That's what the world does to those who who know their holiness, their wholeness. And I'm not saying for you to know your holiness or your wholeness in an arrogant way. I'm talking about you inside yourself, knowing that you are loved, knowing that you are loved, knowing that you are part of this thing called God, and that because you know this, you allow yourself to be led by it. You allow yourself to forgive from it. When other people don't act accordingly, you tap into that part and you know them as that. You don't know them as their sidestepping or their fear. You know them as their holiness. It's an internal something that we're called to be that sets us free and sets the world free. And when the world is screaming that you can't change, that you can't be that wonderful, that's the time for us to turn within and be willing to say yes to the glory of the God that lives inside each and every one of us. The story goes on, and as you know, it gets pretty bloody and gory, and he's beaten, and he's this, and and he's hung up on the cross. And this is the part 
where humanity has become very, very, very painfully trapped. And this is where we really need ourselves to rise up out of this idea because this part of the story that keeps getting recycled is the belief that you are a sinner, the belief that you are guilty, the belief that any, even if you've ever, I know I don't agree with this and parts of you don't, but, but the belief that someone died because you did something wrong or you are wrong. That is an equation that is broken. It never worked. And the only thing it does is recycle fear and recycle guilt and recycle people feeling bad about themselves. That's the only point and purpose. But to give that up is a big idea. Are you ready to give up the idea of punishment? Oh, I don't believe you. (laughs) No, I do. I do. I believe you. But it's a big idea. We We punish ourselves. We punish each other. We ignore each other. We talk about, we do these things. Punishing is a way of the world. We have legal systems built to punish. We have punishment in our school systems, punishment in our religious systems. Punishment is a way of the world, but it is not the way of love. And so for us to truly follow love's calling, for us to truly rise up into a new experience and expression of ourselves, we must be willing to give up the punishment game. Which means, as we teach here, every time someone appears to be outside of their love or doing something that comes from fear, we don't punish them. We call them home with our love. We say, oh, they're just forgetting who they are. That's all. That's all that's happening. To end the punishing game inside of ourselves first and with each other. Talk about a fantastic resurrection experience. To rise up, to cross out that, to cross out guilt and feeling like we are horrible sinners, to cross that out, that we may be named as the great I am, that you may just not go, oh, yeah, 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 I'm one with God, but you go, oh, yeah, I am, and you cultivate that, and you cultivate that, and you cultivate that. The story of the crucifixion and resurrection is a, is a um, oh, this is a really good word. It's not a, even a big one. Um, it's the archetypical story of us moving, crossing out, becoming greater self, crossing out, becoming greater self. That is the story of becoming. That is the spiritual journey that we're all on. So this story is not about Jesus as Lord and Savior. It is a, a story that exists within all of time, throughout all of humanity, the crucifixion so that we may resurrect. But the belief that crucifixion is pain, punishment, suffering, that is the lie, and that's what keeps us all stuck. That's what keeps us all playing small. And it keeps every one of us afraid to shine. Because there is a part of us that says, if I shine and act all fantabulous like I am, someone is going to punish me. Someone is going to say, who do you think you are? Someone's going to want to crucify me. You see, one of the most amazing parts of this story that I think Jesus had going on inside of him was that he knew that there is no death. There is no death. This is where the joke was on everybody else. 
I mean, it wasn't so funny while, you know, the story's beginning, I'll be up. But inside, I'm sure he's like, ha, 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 I'm not even going to die. I think. Right? <laughs> on the cross. <laughs> he knew. He knew that there was no death. He knew that there was one. He knew that he was one with God. They were one with God. And the only thing that was happening that was, was fear needed to be dissolved in the vibration of love, which is what this story represents. Love prevails. Love resurrects. Love cannot die. You are love. You are love. Which means you cannot die. Do you know the freedom if you get that? Once you understand you cannot die, you actually begin to live. You begin to live in a brand new way. What is possible for you if you really believe that you could never fail? What is possible for you if you knew that you could never die? I love the story. I think the Easter story should be Groundhog Day. I totally think that's our new Easter story. And if you haven't watched it, make that your Easter movie tonight. Watch that movie, seriously, because my pants keep coming down. And I'm trying to be very subtle about it. Just like, oh. (laughs) Good thing there's only one. So on the Groundhog Day... You know, he dies every single day, and he comes back every single day. Well, you know, every day he comes back, and he starts the day over. Well, at some point in the movie, it's so ridiculous that he's blowing himself up. He's jumping off of cliffs. He's literally, like, just killing himself so he can come back the next day. But then, after so many times of doing that, something begins to wake up, and he's like, wait a minute. If I can't kill myself, maybe I should just start doing something good with my life. And suddenly, the revelation hits him, and he starts blessing people, and he realizes what people need. So every day, more and more, he's able to make people's lives better and better and better until he realizes love and loves what moves him forward. You have probably lived 782 lives, if you believe in reincarnation. You're in your 782nd life, and you've blown some up, and you've died poor, and you've died rich, and you've done all these things. Keep recycling. Keep playing the game over and over and over. And mostly, at the end of life, most spirits who haven't awakened look back at their life and go, oh, dang, I didn't do much. Fear had a hold on me. But when you wake up and you realize that that's not your truth, suddenly life becomes possible. This is the story. This is the story that is universal, that has no individual's name on it, has every one of our names on it. We cannot die. We cannot be crucified no matter what is being screamed inside of ourselves or in the world. It is, if it's not the truth of God, it is not true. And once you realize that by the power of your love, by activating this love, then you rise up and you become fantastic. You know what else happens when you realize you can't die and you start living? You avail yourself to miracles. Miracle making is now on the other side of this awakening. Before, when you believe in death and suffering and justification and punishment, miracles are simply like, dear God, get me out of this suffering. But when you realize suffering itself is the lie and punishment is over, and life is real, on that side, miracles becomes a way of life. 
accessing, access, accessing miracles, expecting miracles, living as a miracle, watching the universe align for in its joy as its joy through you. This is what you're here for. This is what you're here to live. And why are we settling for a half-assed, mediocre attempt at anything less? Why are we doing that? This is the day we change our mind. This is the day we really take this day seriously. With joy, we rise up. We cross out the fear. Cross out the belief that you're unworthy. Stop it. Cross out the suffering and the complaining and the gossiping and the attacking of yourself and others. Cross it out. And let love really awaken in each and every one of us. That's an amazing game. And that really is the game that we're here to play. And you can come back another lifetime to find another one, another one, another one. There's no time limit for us to discover this. But once you start knowing it, you suddenly don't want to waste time. You don't want to spend more lifetimes playing that old attack game. You really do want to let oneness be revealed. And you really do want to rise up and resurrect your soul, your light, so that you can live it, you can shine it, and all of humanity can be blessed by you. Yes? And so it is. And so it is. All right, let us pray. Let us pray, because we'd love to do that here. I invite our spiritual counselors and our ministers and our leadership to stand and hold this space with me. The rest of you open your hands and your hearts. Just receive. Be blessed, my brother. Be blessed, my sister. on the I am presence right here now to speak this prayer, to pray for each and every one of us, from the high and holy, from the sacred, from the love, from the light, from all that is, was, and ever will be. God itself, call it by any name, it is the same. From this, I speak this prayer knowing inside of this oneness that we all are resurrected up and out of the suffering game. We cross out the fear. We cross out the judgment. We cross out the pain. And we ask this love, this love to awaken and flower open our hearts bigger than, brighter than ever before. To open our minds to brand new ideas about ourselves and other people. To literally dissolve the past and free us from the stories we've been holding against anyone and everyone. All you do is hold it against yourself. Give it up. Give it up and let love have its way today with you. This is your Easter. This is your spring. This is your rebirth. And to expand, we cannot bring with us the old. We do not birth into the old. We birth into a brand new consciousness. 
And I know that this consciousness is blessed. It is good. It is holy. And it contains all the miracles that we have been seeking. Financial freedom, health and wholeness, loving relationships, creative expression, ways of being in the world that are so light and easy and a constant deep dependence upon God. Our faith is increased today. Our surrender and our willingness to drink from the cup that has been placed in our hands. We drink from this cup and we say, if it be thy will, Holy Spirit, whole Spirit of God, take me and use me and expand me and set me free. I say yes to this for myself and for each and every one of us. And we pray for each other. We pray for each other. And we pray for each other today. Breathe this in. Expand in this consciousness.
Do it again. <laughs> uh, now is the time we move into the offering. It is a very important ritual. When we become filled up with the whole Spirit of God, God guides us to give, to share our blessings. And your blessings and the gifts that you give today help Bodhi shine its light to all those that are seeking this kind of awakening. And Bodhi's light is your light. So we're giving to each other. We're helping each other have a home and a place to awaken to God and to become free of fear. So thank you so much for your gifts. Bless them. Really, really fill them with your love. Thank you so much for your contributions. Thank you. Oh, there was a time in my life I thought I'd have to do it all for myself. I 